Welcome to my podcast, Leader Optics. This is our first true episode, and it's all about leading your life and making a difference and being your best self. Um, I was happy to close the chapter to Insight 2020 uh, because I felt like it did what it was supposed to do. Leader Optics is a totally different approach to everyday life and current events. And we're just going to take a real approach to what's happening around us. So I created this company because you're going to see conferences come from Leader Optics. You're going to see articles. You're going to see workshops. It's all about folks getting in tune to who they are, learning to lead from within, and really cultivating the type of life that they want to have. It's time out for excuses. It's time to get better. And it's time to do exactly what we were called to do. I have a book that's coming out in a couple of weeks for pre-sale called The Winning Season. This is such a personal book. Um, I'm talking about my life in each chapter, what I learned, and then I give tips to the readers at how to use those things that I learned for their benefit. Um, I'm naturally a private person. Most people would say I'm secretive and I, it's just not the truth. I am private. I don't feel the need to showcase my life on any outlet, um, but I have found that when I have an audience, that when I am most vulnerable and most transparent, God really comes in and do what he has to do. This book is very, very, very personal. I am speaking about my childhood quite a bit, my family, my relationships with my father, um, Things that could have probably broken me, but because there was something else in me um, and I was called to do some bigger things that God found it necessary to spare me so many times. Um, it's called grace and it's called mercy. And um, I'm going to begin to read a chapter. This episode is called Chapter One, Introduction to Leader Optics. And... Um, I want to share with you uh, what soon everyone will be able to read. This is from chapter one of my first book, and it's the first paragraph. The chapter is called, When There's a Gate, There's a Gatekeeper. And the subtitle of this chapter is, Do Your Job. And before I go any further, we think this world owes us something. I, I am just shocked at... These, these sentiments that I see on social media and even at my job where folks just think you're owed something because you're here. Um, and it's just not the case. Another thing I've seen quite a bit is incredibly blessed people who tend to forget they're blessed and they act entitled. Um, with my current role, I have come across a number of people unlike anything in my uh, career. And what I have found is that um, they were often given things quickly and therefore they assume that everything is going to come to them with ease and no effort and that somehow they need to be rewarded because they're on the scene. It's just not life. And what I have found is people can't be effective leaders because they aren't effective people 
And therefore, instead of helping people around them, they hurt each other. So I say you have a job to do. Do your job. And folks, that starts from within. If you want a better job, do a good job on the job that you're on. If you want money and you need a financial blessing, be good stewards of the money that you have now. If you're not liked and you're lonely, start being nice to people. If you are constantly misunderstood, find a better way to communicate. Everything requires an action that requires leadership. And you cannot take control over what's attacking you or what's holding you down until you decide to lead. So get up off your butt and get to work on your life. No one is going to give you anything. And if your parents raised you that way, let me be the first one to tell you is it's a setup. It's a setup. I tell my son all the time, this world will not treat you like your mother. Period. Get to work, do a great job, and then God will begin to bless the effort. And if you've been graced enough to receive something with little effort, you should be on your knees thanking God instead of acting entitled. Just words of wisdom. Take it. This is what my book is about, that I've had obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and I learned something. I, too, used to take things for granted. I, too, forgot that I am in a blessed state. And I, too, have walked around entitled. But life has whipped this butt long enough until I've learned that I need to do a better job. And I hope you learn something from it. So here's this chapter. It's called When There's a Gate, There's a Gatekeeper. We have a job to do, a serious job to do at that. You can't possibly win and even approach a season of winning without understanding you have a very important job to do. We are tasked to cultivate, nurture, and more importantly, work to build the lives that we are meant to lead. This incredible task is a job that you can't take days off. You can't request vacation time and you can't call in sick. You have to work every breathing moment to fulfill every task that your life is meant to deposit in this wonderful world. That's just the first chapter of my book, guys. And I'll go on to open up um, uh, one of my life stories there. And I hope you look for it. Um, June 4th, which is my birthday, is the pre-sale. And we will begin mailing out our books on July 4th, Independence Day. And I want to talk about that a little bit more. I was born June 4th. I am the only boy out of a set of four siblings. And my mother used to tell me, God bless her soul, that when she was pregnant with me, she knew I was different. Even in the pregnancy. And she said she would tell her mother, oh, I am carrying a boy. This is unlike any other pregnancy that I've had. And her mom said, stop saying that. You need to be happy for whatever child comes out, right? But indeed, I came forth um, on June 4th. From that moment to now, my life has been so unique and I have profoundly seen um, God manifest himself in my life. I have been a leader, whether I wanted to or not, as long as I can remember. And I have a story that I'd like to share with you.
in kindergarten, um, and at that age, I suffered from an extreme speech impediment. I could not speak properly to save my life. I could understand what I was saying. No one else could. And so about that five or six year old range, I just stopped talking. I talked as little as possible at home because I didn't want to be pick, picked on by my sisters. I did not talk much in school because I didn't want to fight. And outside of my best friend who lived down the road and around the corner, Mr. D and Gary, I would talk very little. So I would sit in kindergarten. Mrs. Easter was my teacher at Brentwood. And I would um, just be quiet. And they was electing a class leader. And everyone pointed at me. Now I'm thinking, how is the quiet black boy who's just coloring or writing gets elected to be the class leader? And I remember I whispered in my teacher's ear and I asked, do I have to talk or say anything? She said, sometimes, but I'll help you. And so I became the class leader. I was six. That scenario has played out over and over and over and over and over again. And it wasn't until I was in high school when I realized no matter what, I was going to be a leader and an influencer and an inspiration to people. It would take some years later for me to live my life in such a way that I took that seriously. I'll say that again differently. I didn't embody that I was going to be a leader until probably my early 20s. And then I began to take that more seriously. And I had to begin to look inward. I learned so much about me when I began to look inward because that's where I saw God at. And I start to deal with me on my things. And I became a better leader and a better leader and a better leader. And let me tell you something else. Even at 40, in my current role at my job, I was tested differently than any other leadership role I have ever had, whether it was professionally or outside of my work. And I cannot tell you how much I learned. And I thought I had this leadership thing down pretty good. I know how to motivate. I know how to inspire. I know how to get a team going. But what I didn't know how to do is work with a team of millennials. That's going to be a totally different podcast because I want to help us 40 plus year olds that's on the brink of the millennial range really learn how to deal with millennials and really get a response that is cultivating. I have stepped out of character so many times in this area, but I've learned some things that I think can help and reduce the frustration from someone who has to lead that type, the, the, that group of people. They will lead this world, but we're going to have to learn how to deal with them to appreciate it. But back to me being a leader. Back to you being a leader. When I realized I had to look internally to become the best person I could be, only then did I begin to elevate my ability to lead effectively. And this is why I always say, and I say it throughout the book, and, and I'm telling you now, a bad person 
cannot be a good leader. And if you have any doubts about that, just simply look at the White House right now. You cannot be a bad person and be a good leader. I'm going to tell you something else. You could be a good person and a bad leader. The difference is a good person will begin to be chastened when they begin to do things that's not a representation of the type of leader they want to be. And as people, when you are not governing your personal things well, and as a preacher, guys, I say this all the time. If you can't pastor your home, you can't pastor a church. If you can't bring stewardship to your personal things, you can't bring stewardship to the body of Christ. So when you start doing things responsibly with your finances, when you begin to eat better, when you begin to take better care of your health and nurture the relationships that's most close to you, when you begin to get those things in line, everything else began to get in line. And if you happen to begin to lead other people, then that gets better. You can't be an effective leader when you're not really leading yourself. And that's what leader optics is all about. The workshops and conferences that we have coming is all about giving you the tools necessary to take a stance in your life right now to begin to pack everything around you. And if you're not a leader outside of your, yourself, then these tools will help you to advance professionally or go after your dreams with more tenacity. But more importantly, start doing the things to gain an audience to see you as a leader, the leader, a motivator, an influencer. That's what these, these things are about. So every week I'm going to post. I am so excited about the videos that's coming. And I hope that you get something from what we're doing here at Leader Optics. My book is coming, Dr. S. Charles Lee, Winning Season, Embracing Your Truth to Reclaim Your Purpose and Destiny. It's the reason why I said embracing your truth to reclaim your purpose and destiny. So let me tell you some things that I just don't believe and you need to know this. The devil can't take anything from you. The devil will take what you give him. So if you're sloppily living your life and you're forfeiting over your destiny and purpose to things that's not good for you, the devil can't take anything from you that you haven't given him. So think about that. But when you operate in truth, I'm not talking about what people say about you. I'm talking about when the Everyone's gone. The lights are off and it's just you and your thoughts. You know you. Forget how the world tried to define you. I talk about that in my book. Time and time again, other people, sometimes people very close to me, tried to define me. No, people can only see you as far as the perception of what you've given them. But in your heart of hearts, you know who you are. Embracing your truth and begin to deal with you there. And in your truth is where you will find God. And in God, you find clarity. And only then can you take steps to reclaim your purpose and your destiny. You can only get a detour. You can never completely get off track. 
You will be paused. You may have to take a different route, but it can't be taken from you. And don't let anyone tell you that. Don't let your preacher tell you that. Don't let your parents tell you that. Don't let your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, cousins, friends, sibling tell you what you can't do. Period. I remember I told my father I wanted to be a drum major. I watched my high school, my sister who was in high school at the time. She marched with um, her high school band. And I remember when I first said it, my mother first said, I ain't paying for no band stuff. And she meant it. And so I cut yards and I worked to pay for my band stuff. And my father told me, well, you got to be the best if you're going to be a drum major. You got to learn how to play an instrument. I said, okay. I didn't see any obstacles there. My mother did rent my first saxophone. But that's all she did. Because the choice was mine. So after ninth grade, where I just watched the band over and over again, I had began to learn um, to play the saxophone. And I was self-taught. And then my cousin was my tutor after that. Um, I played the saxophone in the band in 10th and 11th grade. Didn't get it in 11th grade. I didn't become drum major. And I remember when my father told me, I told you. So I went back out again. And I became head drum major. And... What I learned from that was regardless of what stamp or what limitations people think you have, if you've been called to a thing, God would make provision for that to happen. But hear me, it wasn't handed to me. I had to practice. I practiced every day. I marched every day. I did extra work outside of band rehearsals. I wanted to perfect and I began to watch other drum majors, even at other schools, to learn the best techniques. It took work. I was not the most popular in high school. And so that was another strike. And then I was the quiet latecomer to band. That was another strike. But Mr. White, my band director, saw something in me that I don't even think I fully realized. And that was my first taste of true leadership. Becoming head drum major of an all-black high school. And it was a totally different ball game. Then I learned influence. People knew my name at other schools I had never met just because I was a drum major at Reigns High School. And so, yes, it's a it's a, a youthful story, but the principle applies today. Every time I'm up to a challenge and I need to find a way to overcome it, I still use those same principles of hard work, discipline. It gets results. And if you can't lead your own life, 
you can't approach anything else with any form of success. Remember, if you're ready for your winning season, tune in every week as we talk about these things and how we win by being effective, successful, and a person with vision. Until next time.